0: Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Naturally Nino podcast. I am super excited for this episode. I have someone really special on today. And honestly, this episode um, is being recorded during, during a very serious time that is happening, not just in our nation, but all throughout the world. And I really wanted to take the time to talk about something that is extremely important during this time, um, which is mental health. And on this week's episode, I have a very beautiful person named Emma, and she is a self-mastery coach and a root cause transformational healer, um, as well as being a certified health coach like myself. Um, And Emma, do you want to introduce yourself as well?
1: Yes. Thank you so much. Um, yeah. So that is sort of what I've been going by self mastery coach and transformational healer, but, but yeah, I, uh, I just like you, like you said, I have been very much into the, um, the physical health, but I really feel much more rooted in what's going on with people mentally and emotionally.
0: Well, thank you again for taking the time to do this with me. I know um, just to give you guys a little bit of background info, me and Emma actually met through Instagram, and we've been following each other for quite some time, (laughs) Um, both, um, you know, kind of just like watching each other's journeys throughout the years and really being drawn to each other's energies, I think, and we're both very similar in what we are trying to do and helping inspire other people to live healthier lifestyles and helping them do that. And that's why I was very excited to invite her to record this episode with me because she has many years of experience of working with clients one-on-one and really helping them with their mental health and their physical bodies to kind of get them into a better place than where they might be when they start. yeah, And I know also, um, you know, we're definitely in a very interesting time (laughs) in our lives. And we're all going through the same thing with the whole coronavirus. And there's a lot of fear and confusion and a lot of stuff that is unknown during this time. And, you know, obviously, the news isn't making it any better because (laughs) everyone is so focused on that. Um, But before we jump into talking about that in more detail, I really wanted to allow you and give you a chance to kind of just share your story and exactly um, what prompted you to get started in the health industry and do the work that you're doing and where does that all stem from? Yeah. Okay. So,
1: um, I am going to do my best. We sort of were talking right before we started <laughs> recording this about how hard it is for us to like define and like lay it all out there. Cause it's always all so multifaceted and there's so many levels, but I'm going to do my best to give sort of the cliff note version. Um, and just give people an idea <laughs> of sort of where I came from. Um, so let's see here where to begin. I uh I guess the most, you know, pressing thing to go off of here is the fact that I have always been an extreme, extreme, extreme empath. And I can't really track back like a certain situation for that. I know it's such a, a word that's like thrown around so often now, but it honestly has been a major aspect to like how I handle everything and even like how I run business and how I work with people. It's just, it's been very, very powerful. Um, and so I guess when I was younger, a lot of the struggle came from the fact that I didn't know how to like harness that. Right. Um, mm-hmm. my mental health. So I've struggled with, you know, anxiety for sure, but I used to struggle with a pretty bad bout of depression. I um moved when I was in 6th grade to a tiny little town in Maine. <laughs> and <laughs> you know, as it is, 6th grade is a pretty rough time for people, for at least it women is. usually. <laughs> yeah, not a it's great a time to move. <laughs> very awkward, very hormonal, like if I wasn't already like a very feisty kind of person, that was that was a rough time. Um, And so, okay, so I went through um, some traumas when I was younger. And Mm -hmm. I wouldn't say, you know, during that time, I wouldn't have identified that I definitely was like the lowercase traumas that I didn't Mm -hmm. always, you know, recognize played such a big role. So there was that there was me being an empath, and then me just being drawn to like, really, really, really intense emotions all the time. So let's like forward through towards the end of high school, I started drinking a lot. So just sort of like pouring the gasoline on the fire here. I started yeah. drinking a lot. I was really, really spending my time with people who went through pretty significant traumas because I felt like I could understand them. And that like mm-hmm. really allowed me to feel more like me versus being around people who hadn't really been been through stuff. It didn't feel like I could connect mentally with them. So. There was that there was me drinking a lot in the small town and other drugs and even, you know, pharmaceuticals. Like I was on, uh, Xanax and things like that. Um, and drinking, so it was oh, wow. it was it was a concoction of mess that was happening here, and I got pretty heavy. I'm five foot tall. There's not a lot of room for things, <laughs> and so this is like my junior senior right after senior year, where I gained probably thirty pounds. I like joke about this, but it's not funny. Like it was pure pinnacle, um, like that cheap vodka stuff. I don't know if you've ever drinking it.
0: Don't recommend it. But uh no, I, I'm laughing because <laughs> so like I said, you know, we've been following each other's journeys for quite some time, but we've been following each other's healthy journeys, right? When we found mm-hmm. each other on Instagram.
1: Oh, and so yeah. we've
0: never actually sat down and heard each other's right. backstories. And I'm yes. laughing because my trauma happened uh right before sixth grade in fifth grade. Oh. And um, I also resorted to drinking and, and drugs and things like that um, by the time I got to high school. And right. so that's why I'm just like fascinated how I the know. timelines <laughs> happen. Match and up. So when you say um, trauma, like, do you mind sharing a little bit of insight? Sure.
1: Yes, absolutely. So I... So, okay, I'm trying to take back to that time. So I think this was second grade, actually, um, that these things started happening. Essentially, there was just sort of like a slew. Is that how you say it? There was, there was several, <laughs> especially with what I'll I'm about to it. say. <laughs> I was like, especially with what I'm about to say, that word is not going to match up well. But there were, I experienced a, a several deaths right in a row, right around second grade. So I had oh, wow. a friend in second grade who had leukemia, he had a brain tumor, and he was, you know, a really, really close mm-hmm. friend, and he ended up, uh, so that was in first grade, and he ended up passing away in second grade. Oh, my, uh, my grandma died, my dog died, and then I witnessed, I was like in a car, and I witnessed, I was like coming home with someone, and on the, my street right in front of my house, I witnessed a car accident happen, and a kid died. Wow so oh yeah it was really really traumatizing and i was sort of the only one in that situation so i don't think i really ever processed that that happened besides the fact that i became you know ridiculously afraid of red cars um mm. <laughs> but i mean right I, because so, you, that's what happens yeah so i mean it was just one thing after another. And like I said, I always had, like my dad used to joke and say, I have compassion anxiety because I have zero stomach for human suffering whatsoever, like on the most simplest level. But I just went through Mm -hmm. all of that at once. I remember becoming, I used to have panic attacks, actually. I don't really talk about this that much, but I used to have really Mm -hmm. horrible panic attacks about death after that, where I would essentially like black out and just start screaming because at, in second grade, I started processing the fact that like we would die and I couldn't understand that. Like I couldn't, my brain wouldn't process it, but I was really like, it was stuck in my head. I remember like asking my parents, like, well, are you going to die? And so I have a very oh interesting God. relationship to death. And that was like a huge part of my journey is just facing that and, and, how that came up and then, you know, take it to sixth grade where I left, I had a group of nine best friends in Illinois when we moved and then, you know, moved away from that. So that brought up a lot where I just felt really alone with all that stuff. And I think, I think with, um with sort of how that trauma started coming, like you were saying, how we resort to processing it. I just feel like I had this Capacity to want to feel so deep, and it was like the alcohol and and drugs and different things, and sort of like wallowing in that space that allowed me to finally sit with those emotions, even though it seemed like a really dark thing to do.
0: Mm-hmm. If it's that makes crazy, sense, because you know? um, it makes all the sense. I'm literally getting goosebumps from everything that you're saying because every. Thing that you're saying is exactly what I went through. And I never wow. thought there would be another person that I could connect with over the same exact thing. Um, wow. So when you say, that's why it's so wild. And I know thinking back now, it's like, wow, like, you know, I was always, there was a reason that something intrigued me right to your energy. But and now you're saying all this stuff. And I'm like. Holy shit! Oh my goodness! Like, yeah, well,
1: how crazy um, is it that we are realizing this live together right now?
0: Yeah. Um, so yeah, when I literally got goosebumps when you said you watched that child um, as a child yourself literally die right in front of you and be traumatized by that because I didn't see a child die, but I watched my dad die right in front of my eyes when I was ten years old. And so this is fifth grade, which is right Mm -hmm. before sixth grade. And literally like I'm talking like instant heart attack and I'm holding his head and he just has blood coming out of his nose and I'm frozen in time because the only thing I remember is that scene until the paramedics came. And the next scene that I remember is him being wheeled out on the stretcher. And so, when you say, you know, you went into that deep, deep thought about trying to process as a child the concept of the fact that we are going to die, right? That took over my mind as a oh my kid. Gosh. And I got so shy in junior high school, so shy because I would go to sleep crying my eyes out because I couldn't comprehend the fact that we aren't going to be alive mm-hmm. forever. And I was yes. af- deathly afraid of, of that. Yes.
1: Oh my gosh. It was such, I mean, it was so long. I mean, that's that's a huge part of my spiritual journey is just processing death. And now it's it's such a tool, but for you, I mean, that is what you call capital T trauma. And for you to to go through that, but also to be so alone with that. Like, I just remember, even for me, it wasn't something that I could explain mm-hmm. to anyone. And then no. moving forward in my life, traumas continued to happen. Um, and in high school, I don't talk about this much, but i you know, told my boyfriend several times and a few other people, like, in high school, I would get really, really close to one girl, her dad would get sick, and then her dad would pass away. And this happened three times. Mm-hmm. And they no wouldn't, way. they wouldn't be sick before I became friends with them. And then I would get like, to be almost like I would live at their house. I'd be best friends with them, like best friends, with their whole family would be this whole thing. And then the dad would get sick and pass away from something really suddenly. And so oh my for God. you, I can just recognize, like for me, my trauma was always the fact that I was literally not knowing so, but like drawn to these other things that were happening. But for mm-hmm. you, I can't even imagine to the level that you went through to feel like no one is possibly going to understand this and like to be, you don't feel safe in your mind and you don't feel like anyone else would know how to enter your mind and make you feel safe in your mind. You're so alone up there.
0: Right. Because, you know, at that age, right, like you can't, right, you can't unsee what you saw. And then like to think about it, like we were in what elementary school and Mm -hmm. then that's it. Your childhood is not a childhood, like. You're not thinking about your your mind is not processing what other kids are seeing, right? It just got blown out the trauma. It got, like
1: so many mm-hmm. years ahead.
0: Yeah, I mean, for you, exactly. my
1: heart is just like crushed. I had no idea this about you. Ah, so I just can't. I can't even imagine like how quick your brain got blown out. You, like you can't go back in time to that child mind. You're seeing the no, whole world and so differently and so much more intensely.
0: So much more. And and yeah, and I relate to you in regards to being an empath because I feel like I've also always had this issue where, and I call it an issue, I pro- I look at it a lot different. I used to refer to it as an issue. Now I don't. And it's the fact that I would feel so deeply for everything. And yeah. if I was happy... I was the happiest person in the whole entire universe, but if I was sad, I was the saddest person alive at a time. It was horrifying. Yes, horrifying.
1: Oh my gosh, I literally, when we were about to talk about this, I was like trying to sort of think about my history and I was like, how do I explain this? The highest highs <laughs> and the lowest lows, my whole life, I've always said it's like someone removed the door. So I always used to, I remember being really young and trying to explain to mm-hmm. my parents who were frankly pretty terrified of like my mind. They didn't understand mm-hmm. it. I grew up in a, you know, A good home where I never felt like my emotions matched what was happening to me ever. So I think that's what also caused me to sort of like seek out situations that made me make sense of these things. But I used to always describe if you're like I'm putting my hand on top of my head and at the bottom of my stomach and I feel like people Mm -hmm. have these deaths these depths to them where there's like these doorways. And if they want to, they like open that first doorway. They like kind of peep in and then they lock the door again, right? And for me Mm -hmm. and what it sounds like for you, my doorways like were blown out. Like they were not, they were not even there. There weren't doors. So I could just fall to the bottom level and just be there. Mm -hmm. And it was like, but I think that that is true where if you can go to the deepest level, you can, that's the only time that you can access the highest height. It's
0: always in contrast. Yes. 100%. So it is a gift.
1: 110%. Yeah. It is such a gift, but it's but you have to understand and you have to build resilience to being able to stomach that that darker place, that depth. And that's why I always say, like I was always really mm-hmm. just innately fascinated by it, which I think made a lot of people uncomfortable. But I think now we can understand that. But until you can like understand how to sit with sit at the bottom and know that you're gonna be mm-hmm. okay. You don't go there and then you can't access your
0: heights. 100%. I feel like those things are the things that make you and you have to feel your lowest low. You have to go through that pain as scary, as hard, as painful as it hurts to the point like you said, you're either screaming or like on your knees, crying, hysterical, which I've been there. Yeah. like. Or black you know, on my out. bathroom floor, like, you know, like thinking oh like, God. how did I get here? Hating yourself and hating your life and just oh. wanting more out of it. And even when I, you know, got to high school and, you know, I started to party and get drunk and like I used to drink excessively and mm-hmm. then, you know, drugs came around and I did that. And uh, to me, um, it's interesting how you said – when you started to do that, that that was a way for you to really feel those dark, dark moments. And in a way, to me, when I was doing that, it was now I look back in it and I know what it was. And it was a way for me to escape my life and not be Nino, you know, and not be Nino, the lost that girl that lost her dad, not be Nino, the girl that has these health problems, um, these genetic disorders, or not... Be shy or not feel like I don't fit in and not feel alone and that nobody else understands me, and yeah. it was a way to just literally suppress all those feelings and just have fun, like yeah, no, I think, it not think about think about it. <laughs>
1: Well, I think it makes yes. sense. Like me and you are pretty heavy people in terms of like, I can I can really quickly like drop into a really, really intense conversation with people. Like mm-hmm. just like deep dive and they're like, holy crap. But I think <laughs> it makes sense where like, and the alcohol was definitely the same where it would just let me tap into that part. It's so interesting because it does both, right? It would help me just tap mm-hmm. into that part of just being wild and fun and just like not being such a heavy energy when we were first processing this stuff. and learning to, but it's interesting how, you know, I mean, and that sort of brings me right into where my health journey started is alcohol is, I mean, this is, you know, not what people want to hear, but it's a powerful depressant. And so after Mm -hmm. you're done drinking, you're in that that darker stage. Even if you got to access that like just fun, whatever, like less identifications, just being the drunk girl, you know?
0: Mm -hmm. Once
1: it's over, you're in that depth. And if you already have issues, you're in it. To a
0: whole nother degree. Even deeper than where you started. A hundred percent. Yeah. No, I completely hear you. And I think it's funny because when you start, right, you feel like a rebel and you think that you're dealing with things and it's helping you cope. And I think it's only later once You've hit a point in your life where that low that you feel right after that starts to be more painful than the joy you Mm. get out of it. Because in the beginning, the joy overpowers the pain. And towards the end, your body is so fatigued. It's so done. It's so miserable. It's so – you don't even know who you are at that point where that's when the shift happens and you wake up, and for me, it was in a in a way an epiphany moment because I remember, I actually vividly remember this being in a house and everyone's drinking and smoking and having fun and all this stuff, and it hits me. I'm like, wait a second, what am I doing? Mm-hmm. Where is my life going? Yeah, this isn't what I want to do. Wait, like I hold on a second, I want to feel good. I want to thrive. I want to have energy, not because I drink uh, something to wake me up that morning, but I just want to wake up and I want to just have energy and I want to feel good all the time. I don't want my stomach to hurt. I don't want my head to hurt. I don't want to have headaches. I don't want to have pain anymore.
1: Do you know, that's so interesting you say that. So I always, you know, tell my clients, sometimes the problem is you, you can't, you know, visualize and try to manifest something that you don't know exists. And I talk about this all the time of like, mm-hmm. so often the problem is people have no idea how they're supposed to feel. So when you're drinking and you're eating like crap, you're that's your norm. You're used to your body feeling like that way. You don't know that it can feel better. Do you know like how you knew that you could just have energy? Like, was there... A mentor, like someone you looked up to who represented that life. Cause it's so hard when, I mean, mm-hmm. I have those images in my head. Like, I can picture yeah. my group of friends where, like, it's just a smoke filled room and this nasty, dingy basement, and everyone's just like, <laughs> oh, it's so <laughs> gross. It's like, it's like a scene yes. out of those, like, live above the influence commercials that used to be on
0: where you're just like oh melting God. into the couch. <laughs> yeah, I know exactly what uh, you're talking about. Oh my God. And I'm laughing I so sorry. Because- <laughs> not that it's a funny matter but it just like no. the fact that yes I like 100% that is ex- exactly where my brain is <laughs> with that uh, I'm just like I'm like and, I'm so sorry I know we just brought that picture up to so many people who are like
1: Ugh, I didn't want to remember that <laughs> but
0: um, how did yes, you have, and I have was, that uh-huh yes yeah, so that came about so when you said you gained uh weight I did too in high school. <laughs> yeah. How do you not when you're um, drinking like a handle of alcohol all the time? Oh, my God. So like – and the thing is that – so I have, an, um, I have a genetic um, disorder. So I have familial hypercholesterolemia, which is a um, genetic okay. high cholesterol. And so mm-hmm. I've been taking medication since I was 10 and like watching what I eat. So when I – again, we're empaths, right? So we're either super happy or super – sad or super angry or super joyous so when I rebelled I rebelled all the way and I went into drinking and then that led into eating unhealthy foods and eating a bunch of junk and crap and sugar and just everything and I put on like maybe probably like I would say also probably 20 to 30 pounds in high school um and I'm 5'4 so I'm also not a And I'm I'm pretty petite. So like 10 pounds on me, you already can see that I gained weight. Right. And I started to not feel good. So while I was still hanging out and still drinking and partying and all that stuff, I ended up – one of my first jobs, I had a really amazing boss, but he was also a mentor to me. And he introduced me to The Secret. And when I read The Secret (laughs) – changed my life forever. And I started oh practicing gosh. it. And in that process, I started to say, all of a sudden, I had this thought where like, wait a second. Well, what if there's a way I can heal myself through food? And so I started doing YouTube research and other research. Mm-hmm. And I ended up finding this, um, you might know her, Fully Raw Christina on YouTube.
1: Yes. Yep. Yeah.
0: yeah. Listen to her journey. And decided the next day that I was gonna become raw vegan and I was gonna fix myself. Oh my and gosh, I love it. Yeah. And so, although I didn't end up going raw vegan the next day when I first found her, I did go <laughs> yes. raw vegan when I refound her like two or three years later down the right. line. But right. what I did do is I did start, like, I was like, okay. I'm going to start eliminating things from my diet. So I started with sh- – I think it was sugar and dairy that I started to eliminate. And I started to notice that I started to feel better. So while I was still hanging out and partying, I did start doing inner self-work. And wow. I think it's that inner self-work that I was doing on the side by myself, like I was also an art major, so I would like paint a lot and I would stay up listening to podcasts and i would listen to podcasts while i did my painting homework oh i love and that. i think a lot of the stuff that was being said must have been making its way into my subconscious yes. and that's how i started to know the difference and realizing that what i was doing wasn't aligned with what i was introduced to in this whole new world because i never like the stuff that i was hearing all like the secret and, and law of attraction and a Tony Robbins, and like all these people that were like s- talking about all these things. I was so fascinated by it because it was the first time ever that I was hearing this stuff in my life. I never knew about any of it.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Our journeys are so similar. I'm just.
0: <laughs> but tell, really me me tell me go. your version.
1: <laughs> okay. So, my version, I'm just like, my smile is way too big right now. It's uncomfortable <laughs> on my face. <laughs> My version <laughs> also includes the secret. So kind of like you said, oh my God. And, I, and I speak this way with clients all the time. It's like, you, you have to like go through it and then you're like, I'm never going to do that again. And then like you go through it another like one to like 3,000 times until it finally like locks in. So I totally know what you mean where it was like overnight, you're like, I'm doing this. And then three years later, you're doing it. Yeah. But <laughs> my moment... I would say – so what's different between our stories, and there's not that much, but one of the big things that's really different is the fact that I really, like, removed myself from the situation fully because I really felt like it was very black and white, which I can be with things where I'm just like, oh, that that season's over, like, on to the next. So I would say that my come-to-Jesus moment, if you will, about, like, health and wellness and all these things was literally – I can picture – Um, I lived on an island in Maine and there's like a bridge that goes across it. And I always used to drive, which, you know, I'm going to get like arrested or something for saying this, but like with one (laughs) knee up or possibly one (laughs) leg out the window. And I was driving with one knee up, you know, home from these friends, you know, home from that basement that everyone had. And I just Uh remember being... Uncomfortable. I literally couldn't like really get my leg up there in a comfortable way. And then later that day, I can remember the shirt I was wearing. I was really, really high. I was in this basement. I was, you know, up in my head for someone who has anxiety. Like my dad was right. It definitely mm-hmm. will lead to worse anxiety later on. And I just remember picturing myself in that in that basement with that shirt on that, you know, I just had that experience in the car being like, what the heck? I'm like not even 20 yet. This is not okay. And then being very, very high and pulling at my shirt constantly and witnessing myself from that like sort of, um, from that different kind of brain, you know, that like heightened mind mm-hmm. where I was witnessing myself and being like, I am so tired of spending so much time up in my mind which I cherish so much on pulling my shirt out on like tugging at my clothes on not being comfortable in my body I remember joking with my older brother like I couldn't run after an ice cream truck right now if I wanted to and that's like that is that is my core belief system of like we're not meant to feel in a jail cell inside of our bodies like my you know, later on, my belief on the body is all about like letting you be free. That's the, that's it. That's mm-hmm. what it all comes down to. So I just remember like my innate feeling was there that I always was sort of that, like that wild child who like really, really thought and processed things. And like you, I was like, this is not aligned. It's taking up too much of my thoughts to be in this place where I want my thoughts to be on other things. And so I, I don't even remember, like, I'm like looking back, there were different times where I randomly would start going to the gym. Like every once in a while, I was never a competitive person. So it wasn't like sports and stuff like that. But I, every once in a while kind of like cheated on that group of friends for health and mm-hmm. went to the gym. <laughs> and then, and then I actually went away to New Zealand, um, right after I graduated. No and I, I just already knew that, 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 I didn't want to stay in that same place. And the people that were going through that kind of stuff, we were all just not in a good state of our lives. So I you know, applied to a million schools. My parents were like, just you know, go to schools. I applied to like 27 schools, but I didn't want to go. <laughs> and I already knew that. And I just went away. A backpack. I was 17, went to New Zealand. I was not healthy there by any means, but I started reading A New Earth. And when I came back,
0: no wait oh my god this is the creepiest thing ever right now what is happening here (laughs) (laughs) so I said that because okay so well one thing is when I said um I had the epiphany moment of like I don't want to be this person anymore I actually had a black and white moment too and I did like I literally went home that day called my best friend back and told her, hey, I don't think I can hang out with that group of people anymore. I love you, but I can't hang out and I don't want to party anymore. And Man, I stopped. Oh yeah. My God. And I that was really weird now. because it's like I lost like a lot of friends and so I had to start fresh. And so like right. I'm totally with you on that. And the reason I said – like I made that sound was because when you said um, the book you read is A New Earth – I kid you not, on everything, I literally talked to a friend this morning, and he said, there's a book that I've been meaning to tell you about, because when you mentioned The Secret the other day, I've been wanting to tell you about it, because I, unless you've already read it, and I said, okay, I was like, he's like, well, if you want to know, I was like, I'm always in the search for good books. Yes. There's a book that I read called A New Earth, and it changed my life. And this was this morning. <laughs> no way! Wait, have you read yes. it? No, but now oh I my need God. to.
1: <laughs> okay, so this is the thing, and that's so crazy because that's not a new book. I mean, that's been around for so long.
0: And I, I don't know why I never. So how that weird one that never like came up for me.
1: Like- Oh my God. I love that. So he has a new one, um, a power of now, and neither of them are super new, but I started reading a new earth a few times and couldn't get Uh into it. That's kind of like his writing. It's very in depth, hard to really get it going. And then I went to New Zealand and I just remember like certain times where I really dug into it. And that really launched into the spiritual part of me. That's always, always, always been there, but like finally got a chance to reopen. Then I came home my mom was really, really desperate for me to get help. Um, because I was really like, I was, you know, had struggled with depression and all mm-hmm. these different things by the end of high school. I, I, you know, wasn't going to school. I was really, I really was in a dark place. And I, um, I literally went to school less days than I did go to school. I don't know how they allowed me to graduate. Um, <laughs> And she had found me a therapist. So when I went back, I started seeing her and this therapist was the best person in the world because she was just wild. So she invited me to her house. And she's like, I remember telling her, I was like, I'm going to get my braces off. I'm going to do this. So maybe this was actually before I left that I saw this, but I was like, I'm going to get my brace up and do my hair and all this stuff. Once I lose weight. And she was like, no, you have to embody the feeling now. And I was like, wait, what are you talking about? Like, I was so excited for this great reveal. And she's like, you need to watch The Secret. And I think I watched (laughs) The Secret twice as well until finally it just clicked. Like, I was like, oh my gosh, I think the best part about The Secret is it takes, it forces you to, to be accountable for your own life. Mm -hmm. and for your own belief systems and that really it released that well with me like I I'm I'm all for that just to really be like this is my one life and we are in control of our emotions and I mean it's it really changes my perspective when I talk with anyone and it's so hard because you know people say Mm -hmm. a lot of things about the documentary and like it doesn't you know it's not it's not like super like up to date you know but the right. theory is 100% true, I believe. And it's not until you have an experience it with it that you are mm-hmm. like a lifelonger on it. So I feel like I finally used the secret to sort of lose the weight. And once it worked, because I had sort of gone about it one way and it didn't work and I was doing everything and you're like, you would definitely lose weight if you're doing that. And then I got the mind involved and it just fell mm-hmm. off of me. And that those really are like massive catalysts. And then the other thing that really, 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 really like launched me into this is I was always an advice giver. I was super young when my parents were like, you have to have like an advice column. I gave advice to everyone in high school. I used to have random people call me up and ask for advice who I didn't even know. Like it was just something I always did with people. And then I started when I finally got home from New Zealand, I did not. Reintegrate back into that old group. I was still heavier. I wasn't even starting my journey, but I started doing Jillian Michaels fitness videos because I was like, I have to lose weight. And I stopped, you know, drinking and eating that way. And they kind of go hand in hand. And I started exercising. And at this time, I had been prescribed um, antidepressants. And for whatever reason, I was like, yes, Adderall, yes, Xanax, but no, I will not take (laughs) antidepressants. I don't want to put a band aid on on something that I don't think is a bad thing. Like I always knew and I still believe this way that it's a messenger and it's not something to be Mm -hmm. quieted. And I'm not saying, you know, to someone who might be on medication, I'm not saying like it's always a bad idea or anything like that. But for me, I really wanted to get to the root of it. And I felt like if I put a on it, I wouldn't do that. And I would miss out on what this thing was trying to teach me. So then I started fitness and all of a sudden, this is really where it began as I was like, oh my God there is nothing that you could do to offer someone advice and guidance and therapy that's as powerful as, you know, eating better food and exercising while you're giving advice to people. Like that is when Mm -hmm. I, that fixed my depression. Like it, it really, really healed me is connecting to my body. And, you know, I just think exercise and fitness and and eating differently and eating foods that support your mental well-being, I was like, no, this is the antidepressant. This is the way. So that from that point on, I was like, that's what I have to do for people.
0: No, I love hearing that because that literally, um, everything what you said is a pure example of the fact that mental health is so important and that's where everything starts. Because right? You were doing all the physical stuff to lose the weight. And you said, technically, you should have lost the weight, nothing happened. And then you got your mind on the same page and your way of thinking. And that's when you started to see the magic happen. And I'd love for you to actually share a little bit of like, some of the stuff that you say, I guess, to some of your clients when you're first introducing this concept, because, you know, You've personally experienced it. I've personally experienced it, and I know that without the mind, we are nothing. And it's mm-hmm. it it all starts with the men- mental shift. If you can get your mind on that level, everything will happen for you, or at least like you know what you're thinking of. Um, I'd love to hear you break it down to the audience that's listening to this podcast right now, and just in basic terms why that happens. And just like, you know, what, what do you say to clients when you're first starting?
1: Okay. So that's such a good question. I have sort of different, different perspectives on this. So I think the first thing that really stands out to me to answer that question is the fact, and this is not like the pretty answer, but the fact that people who are not ready to hear that won't be able to understand it. And it just won't click. Mm. And like, just for me and you, we needed to have this moment where we, where it clicked and we were ready to hear it. Otherwise, if you had told me that, you know, a year before when I was in that basement, it it wouldn't have been, it had no place to land within me because I wasn't mm. ready to hear it. And so it wouldn't have mattered. You could do all the tools. And if, it just wouldn't have mattered. It wouldn't have clicked. So one, someone unfortunately, and there's things that you can do to, you know, try to offer that trigger for it to click, mm-hmm. but you do those things and then it's still up to that person for it to for it to land within them. If they don't have that spot, it's just not gonna stick. So there's that like one less, less positive side to it, even though once it clicks, like they're ready to go. I just think you can't make someone make someone more ready until they decide that they are and they really have that moment but then beyond that you know a lot of people say too and I've heard other people a few times in the industry say this who sort of speak to the same stuff and they're like when you first start with someone so I was a personal trainer for a long time when you first start with Mm -hmm. someone that's kind of how it began when you first start a lot of times people are not ready to hear the mental thing and so I and I did this with experience with clients you get them in based on what they're saying they want, based on what they're saying they're ready mm-hmm. for, and then you use that. So a lot of times my clients wouldn't necessarily know that that is constantly where I was trying to lead them, is into mm. a more into awareness of their own mental state and what they had control over. And that's something that I sort of would work my way into throughout the training, throughout the one-on-one work. Um, so sometimes a lot of people would come to you and they'd be like, I want to lose weight. My perspective mm-hmm. now is the weight that you need to lose is mental and emotional weight. And then it falls off. Like, I believe our physical body is just a representation of the state of our mental body. Um but so, so both those things, one, you have to be ready for it. Otherwise it doesn't matter. And two, sometimes when people are really, really stuck on like the physical component, they won't understand the mental until they have an experience with it. And then they build trust. They Then they can really, really see it. And... And then the next thing I do is I really would just share my story of like, here, this is the reality. Like, I genuinely am just like you. I genuinely just wanted to lose the weight. And it wasn't until I really finally did this where it worked. You can do all these things that I was doing too, but until you do this work, there's no switch. For me, the reason why I'm still so passionate about fitness is just its ability to help me transform the mind. And that's it. It's not about the fitness Mm -hmm. itself. It's just... Fitness is a tool to help you 100%. train your mind. And that's – to me, that's really like – I don't think that that was like a popular thing for me to say to my clients because they're like, no, it's all about this. But really, it's just a tool for the mind because, again, it all comes back to the mind.
0: I love that. Did that um,
1: answer? I'm like, oh. Yes. No, like-
0: it did. No, it did. And I, I think that you are spot on. And I, I do sometimes think about that too. You know, like you can – tell a person something as much as you want but until they're ready to accept it and want it to they're not going to listen. And so that kind of brings me into my next question and what I'm trying to understand even during this time and bringing it back to, you know, the global pandemic that's happening is obviously a lot of people are living in major stress Anxiety and fear right now, and that's not to say that I don't also struggle with anxiety. I have struggled with an anxiety for a very for many years. Um, I was never really vocal about it until now, to be honest with you, because of when I hit a breaking point where my anxiety got so bad. Um, literally in the fall, like literally last fall, which is only several months ago, because I let certain things that I am used to doing go like my in my right. routine. Mm-hmm. And it it's normal. It's part of human nature. I've been doing this work for so many years. It's only normal that sometimes it, you fall off, but it's about getting back on. And so mm-hmm. when you say like, you know, people have to be ready to hear it. What are your views on the fact that so many people are going through this hardship and do you think that anxiety causes a lack of mental health or do you think that having a lack of mental health causes anxiety okay so and I feel like this is one of those questions that's like (laughs) was it the chicken or the egg (laughs) Yes,
1: literally, that is exactly how I feel about this question. So I could, you know, go into my thoughts on um, on this particular time. And like you said, like it's such it's such a crazy time because we're all extra, extra vulnerable right now. And I think that that is a tool. And I'd love to, you know, discuss that. But and I could mm-hmm. just unfortunately go on for like hours about that. But my thought on anxiety, because like you, I'm not like sitting here and being like, I have met a... Like, mastered not being anxious like that is a lie but i'm so far from where i used to be and i have the tools now so i still experience human emotions and mm-hmm. everyone there's extra emotions out there for us to feel for other people and our own concerns right now but in regards to that question of like whether anxiety is what begins it i think like you said it's the chicken and the egg i think some people specifically just that's like their their go to Disease, if you will, regarding their mm-hmm. mental health, where they're like, I, I'm like, what are your symptoms? And they're like, I just have really bad anxiety. In which case, the anxiety is the thing that's causing, mm-hmm. you know, this dis-ease. But mm-hmm. I really look at things from a perspective where, to me, it's all interrelated, always. And that's why I call myself like root cause, because there's always an underpinning piece to all of it. And I think that, of course, When you're in a state of dis-ease in your mind, like whether that's because you're not fulfilled in your life or whether you're really stressed or whether you're feeling depressed, oftentimes it doesn't come without causing anxiety, right? It's just Mm -hmm. like this exacerbated state of mind that you're in. So yeah, I do think it's a chicken and the egg where… Where anxiety for sure causes like discomfort and in, in your mental wellness, it really shakes that up um, without a doubt. Oh
0: my gosh! But yeah, that might have, that might have been a, a tricky question. <laughs> <laughs>
1: no, but it's so important to sort of unravel that.
0: And I, but I, I hear what you're saying, and it, I, and I think what I hear you saying is the fact that all of us we'll go through anxiety because anxiety is just another feeling that we experience, just like happiness or anger or frustration. And it really comes down to not letting that that particular emotion take over you and yes, using tools. And so I'd love for you to speak a little bit more about like, when you say tools, like, what are you referring to? Like, so What are some tools that you would say are beneficial to helping people cope with their anxiety?
1: Yeah. Okay. I'm just going to – I want to touch on something that you just said. It's so important and then Mm -hmm. I'm going to answer that. So one thing that I think is so important, I have people who will come to me and be like, Emma, my brain is so messed up. I've literally had people be like, I have a broken mind. And I'm like, oh my goodness. No, you do not. But people who are like, something's wrong with me. Here's the thing. Mm -hmm. We all have a negative bias mind. I want Mm -hmm. people to hear that because people think there's something wrong with them. And there's not. Our brain is naturally wired to be negatively biased because our brain, like the reptilian mind, is literally there to protect us. So it's always going to focus on fear because if you're not focused on fear, you can't protect yourself, right? So Mm -hmm. one, I want to say that. And two, my belief is we are here as humans to feel the entire, like all of the levels of human feelings, not just one. The problem is when you go to this emotional buffet and you keep grabbing the the food that makes you feel crappy. And by food, I mean the emotion. So it's not yes. a problem if you go through the buffet and you're like, okay, a little bit of anxiety, but like a bunch of joy, a bunch of this, a bunch of that, the healthy stuff. But if you keep going mm-hmm. back and you're just piling your plate on, with anxiety, and that's the only emotion you're spending time in, that's where we become ill. So I never want people to think like, these are bad emotions. These are good emotions. It's, it's, where's the balance? And are you able to like pull yourself out of that spiral? But I think that we're all here to feel the range of emotions and then use that, like our, our symptoms are just signs so if you mm-hmm. don't check in with them, that's where you have a problem. When you're feeling anxiety and you don't listen, that's your body trying to communicate with you. That's the issue. But um, as to your question about – can you can you re, uh, reiterate what you were just yeah. saying, like
0: specifically the question? <laughs> yes. Yeah, so my question is what tools yes. Do you, would you recommend or are the most beneficial that you think people – can use especially during this pandemic to okay. help them cope and un, you know keep their mental state i should say healthy in order to keep their physical state healthy
1: yes okay so this is a two parter in terms of one to to heal your mental state Oftentimes it requires you know really, really doing the like deep inner work, looking at the thing as like uprooting the issues, but some of the more surface tools that you can do when like from day to day, right so like one, you have to do the deep work of like really digging into it and then two, here are some tools that you can do to like in the moment keep yourself on that higher frequency um, does that make sense?
0: Yes, absolutely. You know,
1: Um, Okay, so one, the most important thing is to validate your emotions and validate your feelings and like learn right now how the heck to do that, like how you can actually sit with your emotions because if you don't, fear will fester. So that is like my number one non-negotiable right now and why I think right now Mm -hmm. is such a powerful time because we have the time to go within and like notice the emotion and be like, oh, I'm feeling that. And then that way it doesn't exacerbate. So just taking the time and that can look like different things. For me, a non-negotiable always is journaling. I feel like that's always my therapy. I recognize that that's not for everyone, but for me to sit down, And literally pull the fears and pull the anxiety out from my mind and onto paper where I can look at them helps you with that sort of observe instead of identification where I can like witness what's what's happening within my mind, but I'm not so stuck in my mind that I think that my mind is me. You know, right. like I think becoming right. the witness is so important because it gives you the ability to be like, okay, I see it now. I'm going to pivot it rather than feeling like, well, that's just who I am. Like I'm just screwed. That's something that's mm-hmm. you know taken over. Um, and then right now, what's so important is to like tune in to what your body is asking for and not judging it. I always think the biggest issue comes from us trying to manipulate our inner voice. So if that looks like today, you're like, I really want to sleep in because this is an unprecedented time. Like we Mm -hmm. don't, our bodies have such different needs because the environment is asking for us to have such different needs right now, and so if that looks like eating this certain way or eating, you know, a little bit of extra food, it's like allow yourself to do that and witness versus just trying to feeling guilty about what your needs are and then mm-hmm. trying to be like, no, that's wrong, or this is the right way, because that's just again going to make your anxiety get so much worse when you're judging yourself, um, and then the next thing I would say, eat well, like right now people are feeding themselves like this rebellious feeding of like, screw it. Like we're going to be like this for a little bit. Like I'm just going to eat all these things. (laughs) Ha ha. It's so funny. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, but babe, one, I think this is going to last a little bit. We're sort of past that (laughs) first few weeks where we were like, whatever, we're sort of on this wild vacation and then we're going to come out of it. And now we're like, let's transition so that you can really get yourself into a healthier state. And if you're going to eat like crap, you're going to feel like crap. So it comes down Mm -hmm. to like cellular nourishing rather than just like this rebellious eating bad food. So you can't eat crappy food and then expect to feel good. It just... You just can't. And that's not from a vanity standpoint. That's just genuinely a health standpoint on all levels, mental, emotional, and physical. And then for me, two other really, really important pieces are to move my body. Like I said, I have gone through so many different stages when it comes to exercise, but – At the core, our bodies all need movement and especially to move out those stagnant emotions that have been built up or are trying to build up within us. So just doing some like jumping jacks and heavier breathing just to get things flowing out of you is like, that's all you need. But I would just say to some form, I need to pop in my antidepressant every single day now more than ever. And for me, that's doing a little bit of exercise um, in any kind of form. Yeah, I, and then, I love that. And yeah. And whatever calls to you. And then the last piece, mm-hmm. these are, these are just the essentials, right? These are just our human mm-hmm. needs is when you can get yourself some vitamin D and go outside. And if you can go for a walk somewhere, like our beaches and stuff are closed down, but there's places where we can walk and obviously, you know, being mindful and social distancing. So it's a good time to just like drive yourself to, you know, a quiet neighborhood where the streets are really wide or whatever it is where you can get outside. Mm -hmm. But I was, you know, talking to a client and she was like, I feel like so many of the things that we worked on are just crumbling right now. And I'm like, here's the thing. First, we've been doing this work for so like, you know, only a few months. You have those Mm -hmm. really deep um, crevices that you fall back into when you're in a vulnerable state. But Right now is when we have to pull out the big guns of emotional wellness, where it's like, when, just like when you start your, you start feeling physically ill, you start being like, okay, I'm going to extra protect. I'm going to take my vitamin C. I'm going to, I'm going to do extra right now. The Mm -hmm. same thing comes to our mental immunity. So right now we're super vulnerable. Like you touched on in the beginning, we're watching all these things and, you know, building these fears and there's a lot of fear coming in and our mental immunity is, is really falling apart. So we have to do the extra work. And for me, that just means being really, really diligent about minding your mind, you know, being aware of what kind of conversations are happening in there, keeping a structure because our, our body needs to feel some sense of, um, like it's not all unknown. So structure so important. And then moving your body, getting vitamin D and just tuning into what your body's needs are without passing guilt onto them to the best that you can.
0: I think that was such a beautiful answer because everything you're saying makes, it just, right, like what you're saying, it's like when you hear it, everyone's probably thinking like, oh yeah, that's so logical, right? Right, (laughs) exactly. You know, she's saying obvious things, but, and, and it's funny because sometimes you just need that reminder you need someone to say that to you because during times of stress right you go into panic mode and you start doing things that are completely irrational right. and don't make sense and you start overdoing things that that you probably don't need to be doing. Right, and they're going to cycle you into a bad exactly, place. Exactly, exactly. And yes. that was like the main thing um, as to why I really wanted to re- court, like record this episode with you because we all need reminders and we need to hear this information. We need to remind each other to not let that stress that fear take over our bodies that we completely let go of doing our routines right because the second we let go of all of those routines we start going down a really nasty nasty spiral and it's right. not a fun place to be because then you're going to just have to start your work all over again from the very yeah. beginning
1: yeah, and it becomes so intimidating to do so mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so true. I feel like what, what you were saying is like, hopefully a lot of the people listening to this and I'm sure they are, if they're listening to your podcast, but they already have sort of an arsenal of tools. But the thing is, is there's so much information, like probably information overload there always is. Right. But definitely right now there is what I want to say is like, try to pull back on the information and double down on the application of the things Mm -hmm. that work. If you already have tools, now is the time. Like Thank goodness you already have those tools in place. If you don't, wonderful. This might be the exact trigger that you needed to start doing the work. But I hope that the people who listen to this don't just walk away and go, yeah, I already knew all that stuff. Next. It's like, but are you doing it? Because it's so Mm -hmm. easy to underestimate To be like, yeah, 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 that's not going to be enough for me. Right now I need, you know, extra, extra. And I'm like, but once you do it for a week, just give it a week. Do the actual things. You won't. Like it's so easy when you're not in a good mental state to be. And I say this all the time with my clients who have mental stuff going on. And like depression, it's so easy to feel like the tools that I'm giving you won't be enough because you've already heard them. So you feel like you've already done them. But there's a huge difference between knowing those things to be doing and actually doing them and you can't even you can't even imagine how you're going to feel you just have to do them so do them for a week and then we can come back and be like okay now i need the next thing or this wasn't enough this was good but you really have to apply 100%
0: it's and i feel like it especially With the way social media is nowadays, it's so easy for people to just repost a post or a quote that they've seen and be like, yeah, love that. So cool. Totally agree. And you know how many people repost and do nothing? And it drives me insane. It drives me insane because it's like, (laughs) you only did it. (laughs) You know, I know that the stuff, I know you personally, I know what you do behind the scenes. So right. for you to post oh that and I'm getting really,
1: <laughs> I know I totally understand because I'm picturing the girl reposting this thing. She's laying on her couch. She's feeling like crap. She hasn't moved her body. She's like eating a bag of chips and she's reposting this thing about like meditating and doing all these things. And the problem is, is it gives people this like really weird skewed idea that because they read it, that it's like affecting them and it's not.
0: And then you're diluting the the power of those things. And you're thinking you're doing it. Yeah. And then the next post, like the next day you see like, oh my God, you know, why is my life always so bad? It's like, wait a second, you're practicing all of this stuff, but today you're calling yourself a victim. I'm confused here, you know? And I, and that's the girl that I want to target. And that's the girl that I hope hears this message today because, um, I, I really like hope that my fire ignites our fire.
1: <laughs> yes, I know. And some people, you know, that's what we were saying in the beginning and like sort of the, the less inspiring thing that I said is you have to be ready. But the truth is you never know. Like I could say something today and this happens all the time. And then a year later, someone's like, it was the thing you said, you know? And it yes. just, it hit, me, it hit me right now because I was ready to hear it. But it was a thing you said a year ago. So the thing mm-hmm. is, is, we don't know, like this, people might listen to this and they're like, okay, whatever. And then all of a sudden, two days, they get news or they hit this rock bottom. And then all of a sudden, this information is there ready to flood in for them. So I really do think, and one thing that I think is so positive about right now, I I mean, there's so many silver linings. I'm happy to be like, there are Mm -hmm. so many. But one thing that is powerful is it's bringing people quicker to that rock bottom, to this all of these things festering up and like revealing themselves. So now more mm-hmm. than ever, are people going to be ready to be like, okay, I'm ready for that work. Like I was saying earlier, they have to be ready, but oh I'm like, God, oh, this yes. thing is making people more ready than mm-hmm. than they were beforehand.
0: Like it's bringing them to that place much faster. In a way it's creating that, tr- that trauma that we yes. experienced when we were younger. And it, and you know, it's funny because what you're saying is in a way what I, and I don't want to make this sound like what is happening is not real and is not serious. It's so serious. It is real. I really hope people are taking care of themselves and their families and, you know, staying home and doing all of that. Um, yes, people are dying. This is not news. People are dying. Mm -hmm. People die every single year from lung cancer from heart attacks, from the regular flu, people are dying every single day. And you know what, fine. If they chose to focus on this particular time, because it's happening so fast, and our system cannot keep up with it, I'll take it. It's Fine. People need to wake up, they need to understand that their immune system is so crucial to their mental health. And vice-versely like you mentioned before and yes. it, it's all interconnected we are one body we are like our cells are all the same right they're just doing different functions and right. literally ourselves our cells are re you know mm-hmm. like they're like dying like old cells are dying and new cells are like growing and what we start to do Forget what what you did it before. The fact that if today you decide you're going to be a new person, Mm -hmm. that's all you need. That's all you need. You don't need to know what you're going to be like in five years or 10 years. The fact that you even today made the decision to live healthier, that alone is a win. A major, 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 major win. And it's... You know, when, like the fact that there's so many positive things, it's not to say that what's happening right now isn't scary. It is, right? We're all feeling it. But people also need to understand that this was going to happen, whether it was going to be a pandemic or a war or whatever it was, because that is inevitable in history. There's always something that happens, and people need to go through traumatic situations that they were not ready for in order for these situations to push them to do the thing they've always wanted to do that maybe they've been putting on hold and using things to whether it's food addictions or drugs or alcohol to numb their feelings where when you're in a pandemic, guess what? Like there's going to be a lot of people that, yeah, it's not going to phase them, but there's going to be a lot of people that I think are really going to start to question their life and what they're doing and what they're doing with their life, uh, because the fact that me and you are here and we are alive and we woke up today, that's already, I, th- that's already a blessing, right? Uh, because we had one more day to live. Yeah, We're we don't know. We have the opportunity, right. So yeah, sorry, I get super passionate. Oh my about gosh, that. no. I <laughs> do. That's what I was saying.
1: If I could like dive, dive into that aspect so much, like I will just lose myself because I I think once you do the the spiritual work and all that stuff, this stuff hits you so differently. And I I just talked about this so much in that little ebook thing I made because I was so, so like overwhelmingly like you, passionate about how this is an opportunity. Like this is such an unbelievable opportunity. And like you said, not to, you know, not to try to say that what's happening out there isn't tragic and isn't, you know, scary and isn't, you know, all of those horrible things. Of course. Yes. A hundred percent. But also it's, It needed to happen. My belief system is this is a major paradigm shift. And what we need to do first is allow for an inner paradigm shift. There's always a dying phase of or a deathing phase rather of every single massive transformation, right? And right now it's up to us to use this time. And so literally, I just like was like, How am I gonna help people? Because people don't want to look within, it's super scary. But we will live in anxiety and fear for the rest of our lives if, and like uh, in a paralyzing kind of way, if we don't feel safe to go within. And right now the reality is we're all having to realize that we are not in a position to depend on the outer environment. And now that that wasn't an option for people anymore because it crumbled people are realizing I don't even have any inner environment structure built up to make me feel safe. And now is the time to lay the foundation of your inner environment and make sure that no matter what's happening, where it cannot be controlled, right? Like we cannot control our outer environment. It's time for us to take initiative to make sure that we have a safe place within ourselves to retreat and feel safe. And that is, that is the work of like, literally doing your work and like you said mm-hmm. this is something that is happening for us to bring up I don't I think so many people are like oh my gosh Emma like at least I know people are like I'm binge eating I'm doing all these things and I'm like wonderful what's happening is this crisis didn't create these issues it's surfacing the issues that still needed deeper healing wonderful it yeah. shed light on mm-hmm. things that you've been trying to numb yourself and I wrote a whole a little section in the whole thing about numbing and distraction because that is our tendency and that's what exacerbates so much of the negative mental states is the fact that we're ignoring the calling, right? Like that's what I think really is what anxiety comes down to is this really, really long period of time in our life where we've ignored the calling, ignored the calling. And
0: right now we can't ignore it anymore. It's time to go within. Yeah. We're being forced to deal with it. And I know that we didn't expect this episode to go this long. But
1: <laughs> I, I, know, think- I look at the time and I'm like, it's totally doing?
0: fine. It's totally fine. Um, because I think that everything that we're talking about, all of it is so important. And one thing leads to another. I think that I do want to end it on this note. Um, yes. And, I love the fact that you created this ebook. I really would love for you to share where everyone can find you and also get a copy of this ebook because I think that it would be so beneficial and then also just talk a little bit about like the services that you offer and where is the best place for people to contact you and of course i'm going to obviously link all of your information and everywhere, <laughs> everywhere yes. that um they can find you below um but just let them know as well while yes. they're listening so- I can even
1: give you the link so that you can put that in the show notes for the ebook. I literally Mm -hmm. just made this free ebook. There's no charge. I just want to support people in facilitating or beginning to facilitate this this inner work, um, because I'm just so passionate that we need to start this paradigm shift within ourselves. And it has so many tools like we were talking about. It actually has journal prompts. There's exercises in there that I really want people to try. Don't hate me, but try it because it's so powerful. And then let me know what happens. But there's so, there's probably, I don't know, maybe 11 or so like really intensive tips for people. Um, and then there's journal prompts and all that kind of stuff. So I can give you the link to that. And then as far as where people, yeah, as far as where people can reach me, I honestly would just say like, come over to my Instagram and hang out with me. Um, because that's really where we can connect. I have a bunch of resources on there, you know, tons of little things in the highlights and whatnot. Um, and some IGTVs and all that stuff that I'm working also to get more up, but that Instagram and you can link that as well, but that is Emma with 3Ms because someone stole it. So it's <laughs> Emma 3Ms Lynn L-Y-N-N, which is my middle name, and then underscore Emma Lynn underscore. Um, and people can reach out to me there. I have a scheduling link for people to, if they're, you know, interested in this stuff or they're like, I want to dive deeper, I need help facilitating this stuff. If you have health stuff that you cannot get to the root on, if you need some emotional weight loss, all that stuff. I am so happy. I always tell people, because I had a lot of people reaching out to me in the DMs being like, what about this? What about this? And I'm like, grab 45 minutes of my time and just let's, we have to dig into this. So people can always schedule um, a free consultation if they want to. And then the other services that I offer... I do one-on-one really, really intensive coaching with people where there's health um, protocols, as well as a lot of this inner work and more um, therapy-based tools, really diving in. Um, And we can talk over there on what that looks like, but that's usually a six-month or a one-year program. And then actually, I don't know when this podcast is going to come out, but I just decided my hope in creating the ebook would be to actually help facilitate once people grab the tools from it. So like really, really facilitating it. So I did two things. I created A Facebook group that when you get the ebook, you can join. I think I'm going to make it females only where I can have like a specific group of people rather than just, you know, communicating with Instagram, like a whole slew of people. I really wanted the people (laughs) who wanted the information. So I have a Facebook group called the healing collective where I'm like, it's a little social sanctuary,
0: especially right now. So beautiful.
1: Oh, thank you. I'm so happy about that. You're going to have to
0: add me to that because I definitely want to be part of that circle. Yes. I just
1: wanted a slice of the internet where there was no negativity. I'm like, people need, so I was like, it's a social sanctuary where you know you can come and it's purely uplifting and like up leveling and that's it. Um, and then I'll be doing like free stuff on there. But then also I decided I'm going to be hosting, like I said, I don't know if it's going to come out, but I'm finally going to host my first webinar where I, it's probably going to be like an hour or two of really deep diving this inner work that, um, I'm probably going to be doing the 14th. So people are welcome to come to that as well and just sort of like really do the deeper work and there'll be questions and answers and we can go through it all
0: live. Is that going to be April 14th? Yes, April fourteenth. That will be like next next Tuesday. Oh, I love that. Um, I will def- I think this episode is actually going to go up before then, um, awesome. so that people could hear this. And definitely, I will post the link and I will share the link to your webinar when that goes live. I think that's going to be so beautiful. Um, and I'm really excited about this episode in particular. I pray that this episode. Even if it sparked something in one person, I will be happy. And if not, we are planting seeds and those seeds yes. will evolve at one one day. And one day people will come back to this episode and they'll hear it and they'll see it in a new light. And yes. thank you so, 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 so so much um, for recording this with me. I feel like I know you on a whole different I level now. I'm <laughs> and blown we're going to have away. so many conversations after this. Oh my God. <laughs> as well as uh, uh, we'll definitely be recording another um, uh, episode in the future um, because yes. we did also want to talk about um, eating disorders and addictions to food. I think that's going to be a really, really um, interesting topic and conversation that yes, will wait. be to come.
1: <laughs> yes. Um, um, babe, thank you so much. I think neither of us were prepared for, um, no. for just, like, <laughs> realizing how much we have in common in our stories. And I'm so thankful for us to just let this space be out there. And I really do agree that this is going to, in some way or another, eventually really connect with people. So I'm so thankful for you hosting the space for all of us to you know really connect right now
0: and then be able to connect with ourselves. So my thank you again. Um thank you everyone for tuning in. Um again, um please subscribe to the Naturally Nino podcast. Um it's all about sharing authentic um tips and just like advice on how to live a healthier lifestyle when it comes to Um, healthy eating or mental health, relationships, everything and anything. And we are getting really brutally honest. I am sharing my all. My guests are sharing their all. And it's a place where we can just be real and filter all the fakeness. And I really hope that this episode spoke to you. And if something in this episode inspired you, or if you thought about somebody who can really benefit from hearing this message, please send it to them. Please share it with them. And I would really love for you to leave some comments on this episode and to hear what your feedback is as well as what you would love to hear more of. Thank you, everyone.